Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. And I'm Carlos. And we're talking about why animation is not just for kids. It's not for kids only. No, not just for kids. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) Well, maybe not a surprise for us, but I think for some people it's a bit of a surprise. Oh yeah, I am sure that if I show any animation to my mom, she would be like... Oh, what are you watching? Why are you watching that? You are not 10 years old anymore. Exactly. I think animation has a bit of a bad rep for just being for kids. So I think in this episode, we're hoping to open up some minds and kind of get people watching more animation. Mm -hmm. If you are not a person that watches animation, we hope at least that we can discover one or two um, series or movies, uh, mostly series, that you might be interested in. If you want, I can go a little bit on kind of like the origins of animation. So we have a Carlos history moment instead of literature moment. Yeah, because there's no literature or narrative today. So I can go a little bit more in the origins if you want. Okay, that sounds good. First of all, the origins is a little bit of a mix up, okay? Because it depends on who you ask. They are going to tell you that the origins are one thing or another. Hmm. Animation, of course, is a... Some people would say an art. Other people would say... It's just a way of entertaining. Anyway, if we consider it as a way of entertaining, some people consider that it's a very, very old tradition of storytelling, that it doesn't go through TV. It could go way back when people was doing shadow plays on the wall and all that stuff. Some people even would go to the old Chinese eras and all that stuff to to consider that those were the first parts of animation. Yeah. Even puppeteering and puppeteering. Yeah. Interesting. But other people really goes to Renault and his optical theater mm. that started in 1888. Those would be considered the first parts of animation, uh, the first forms. But to be honest with you, those were like 10-15 minute shorts. Okay. So we consider them animation, of course, but they weren't movies. Yeah. They were just shorts. So we have to go for the first movie. Okay. The first animated movie. Not color. Okay. okay. It would be El Apostol, which translated would be The Apostle, mm-hmm. which is an Argentinian movie by Quirino Cristiani in uh, 1917. Oh, that was quite a while ago. Yeah, quite a while. Yeah, more yeah. than 100 years ago. I mean, being from Ireland, I you know, 1916 Rising, that's a, that's a date that uh, exactly. sticks with me. So 1917, wow, that's, that was quite early. Exactly. But if we have to go a little bit more, which one is the first color? full-length traditional movie, then we will go to one that probably most people recall, Mm -hmm. and it's Disney's Snow White. Oh, yeah. That was released in 1937, Yeah. and we could consider that the first color movie. Mm -hmm. Of course, Disney in that moment, they did shorts and all that stuff, and Snow White was kind of like their Everest. Yeah, I think I remember reading about this. Like Walt Disney was like called crazy for thinking he could make a full-length feature uh, animated film. And and to be honest, his critics are almost right. He went like, I think it was 10 times over the budget or something. And like people were thinking he was just going to go bankrupt a complete failure. Well, but that, you know, there's a reason behind that. The shows that he made, kind of like the silly symphonies that he had, they were 10 times cheaper than the project of Snow White. Yeah. So if Disney comes to you and tells you, okay, I'm going to do a project that is going to be 10 times more expensive, then 
of course you are going to be like oh, oh well I, you have to think that this also uh, close to the big depression mm -hmm. so of course maybe it's not the moment to be spending big money yeah however we all know how the story went yeah we all know disney if it, if it wouldn't have gone well probably we wouldn't know about this man yeah maybe you are asking yourself how we go from this to the era that we have now how we have been uh, animation always been for adults or have been always been for kids because most people what they think is animation kids yeah but i could tell you that at the beginning it wasn't only for kids probably most people know her uh, there's a very famous character betty boop oh yeah of course yeah she was quite kind of like a sexualized uh, at the beginning. Yeah, the way I, I picture her, like she, her cleavage was usually quite obvious and she had like the big head with the big like fluttery eyes. Well, she was more like kind of like pinup. Yeah, like a pinup girl. Exactly. But there was this uh, law mm -hmm. that uh, was released uh, that is called uh, the Hays Code. Okay. And that law tried to make that insults, sex everything was removed basically all the fun was taken out <laughs> kind of so you you can imagine that because of that most of the adult animation went down mm -hmm. and we have mostly uh, an animation world dominated by the disney movies yeah so more pg animation exactly so that's how you connect more animation with kids okay of course that law is well, nowadays it's not valid anymore. That's That was removed on the well, 60s. Well, if it is, we've broken the rules many times. <laughs> yeah, that was removed on the 60s. So <laughs> there's there's nothing like that anymore. Mm. But that's how it was created in a way that, for example, people like our parents, mm -hmm. is why they connect more traditionally animation with kids. Well, yeah, if you take out all the stuff that kind of adults look for in their um, entertainment mediums, like they like complexity they like sex they like alcohol violence like if all mm -hmm. that's kind of taken out then yeah you're kind of you're left with a pretty pg basic well, platform yeah you get the snow white cinderella sleeping beauty etc et yeah. so now that we have gone a little bit through the story of animation what's your story with animation i mean which is your which is valerie's earliest stages in in animation probably we're gonna have different backgrounds i come from spain as well our uh Listeners know you are Scottish, but have lived most of your life in Ireland. Yeah. So probably our backgrounds or our series were a little bit different. Yeah. Like, to be honest, my earliest kind of memory of watching something animated was watching Tom and Jerry with my granny. Tom and Jerry is a classic everywhere. Yeah. And like, to start off the conversation of why adults can enjoy animation i remember my granny loving tom and jerry oh well but because they used to bash each other and hit well usually it was more jerry on tom yeah yeah but no i i remember that and uh i remember like bugs bunny and oh, you know, bugs bunny, a lot yeah. of the warner brothers stuff like looney tunes and all that yeah yeah and then we could see a little bit like kind of like it's for kids kids could enjoy it but then you could see uh bugs that he used to dresses a woman very sexualized just to lure uh, Helmer that it was yeah. the hunter, for yeah. example. There was actually quite a few kind of sexual jokes maybe aimed more for the parents watching for their children. Like, I loved Animaniacs. Oh, Animaniacs, another it. one. And you had that whole thing with, hello, nurse. And like yeah. you could see the nurse, and usually she had like quite large breasts, cleavage. Mm -hmm. 
that kind of thing. You see it with later shows like Powerpuff Girls and Miss Bellum, for example. Oh, Powerpuff, yeah, well, yeah. Miss Bellum was the uh, redhead secretary, right? Yeah, like you didn't even get to really see her face. Like all you saw was this um, this very powerful woman in a, in a sense, but also very sexualized. It was mainly just her breasts you saw. Yeah, and, and her, her legs, hips. Yeah, yeah, and her legs, yeah, yeah. Talking about the same, I remember uh, Johnny Bravo. Oh, um, yeah. That, uh, of course, Johnny Bravo nowadays, it's not acceptable. Uh, uh, anyway, you could see that when, when I was growing up. And, well, he was a loser anyway. But, oh, yeah, he was constantly rejected. But he was well, constantly he hitting. Be. Yeah, <laughs> but he was constantly hitting um, on women. Yeah, and then we had, like, other early classics like Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo. Do you think that the Scooby-Doo... Well, but the Scooby-Doo wasn't... For example, it was kind of like horror, but it was comedy horror. Yeah, it, like no one got scared. Horror. Yeah. Yeah, no one got scared about that. Well, I'm sure there were some kids that oh, got yeah, scared. Probably, probably. So what about you? Growing up in Spain, what, what shows did you watch? Well, I, I, as you can see, we had some similar. Of course, yeah. we also had Bugs Bunny, Animaniacs. We had Tom and Jerry, of course. In my case, one of my first memories uh, was watching uh, kind of like Dragon Ball with my dad. I know that that's not essentially for kids, but it was one of the things that we used to watch. In Spain, uh, the Catalan TV was very big into bringing animes and all that stuff so you're really lucky it took a long time for kind of more popular anime like that to come to ireland i mean we had pokemon and digimon and i remember i think seeing a bit of sailor moon mm -hmm. but like we didn't have dragon ball or naruto or captain tsubasa or no. anything like that like it took a long time for that to come no to for me it was dragon ball and of course dragon ball has a lot of well the first dragon ball before z it has a lot of uh, sex jokes and all that stuff. Then when it becomes Dragon Ball Z, it's more fighting and there's some violence there too. Mm. Yeah, not not really for kids 100%, although my mom would still nowadays get surprised that I still like Dragon Ball because for her, it's only for kids, you know? Yeah, but do you think there might be a bit of nostalgia to that? Uh, that also, there's a little bit of nostalgia, of course. Yeah. Because I'm speaking as someone who didn't watch Dragon Ball when I was a kid, but I've tried to watch it with you, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh my god, how do you watch this? Yeah, but it's not because it's for kids, it's because of other things like the rhythm and the tempo yeah. of the series. I find more it than... quite repetitive, which I could see a kid being okay with, but maybe not so much an adult. Yeah, and other thing that we had is like, well, we were big into our Belgian and French comics, uh, as you may know, uh, French and, and Belgian, they are big into animation also. Mm. So we had a lot of Tintin. We used to watch a lot of Tintin. My dad used to adore Tintin. But the thing of Tintin is that, of course, there's a series of comics and, and TV show and mm. all that stuff. But it was mostly about drugs and smugglers and a contraband yeah. and things. So conspiracies. Themes it, it, it was very adult themes. And, you know, Tintin is just a reporter there. And then we have Asterix and Obelix that it, oh, yeah. it was, yeah, it was French. And well, they, they, they have some kind of like the comedic thing for the kids and all that mm. stuff. But some themes that they were touched were also, you know, for adults. Yeah. That was kind of like my childhood mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, of course, I had Captain Subasa and others. But I think that we should go a little bit more to the more adult, little by little. So when you are growing up, where you are kind of like entering into teenager. Yeah. Which are your animations that you would consider gateways in your teenage years? Oh, absolutely. The Simpsons and Futurama were our two big ones. I remember 
always wanting to be home at six o'clock because in Ireland that's when the Simpsons would come mm-hmm. on and I'd be praying that it was a double episode day because I think it was either like a Thursday or Friday you would have <laughs> six and seven o'clock was the Simpsons. Oh uh, yeah I know in Spain the Simpsons were very big uh, Futurama were big but later mm-hmm. but with the Simpsons there's something that it's a whole generation has grown up with the Simpsons because they well our Spanish listeners um they can really relate into that because we have grown up with it every day during the weekdays at lunchtime with it was from two to three mm-hmm. there were two episodes of the Simpsons every day so every one of us in you Spain had double Simpsons every day ev- every day I'm so jealous so for all of us that we were growing up we have grown up with Bart Homer March Lisa and Maggie. Mm-hmm. For us, it's, it's kind of like it's even in our culture. Sometimes you will see people of my age that they say some quotes or oh, things yeah, like that. Same, of the, in, same here. Yeah, because we have grown up with that. It was our thing to watch on lunchtime mm-hmm. since forever. So the Simpsons were something big. Yeah, but I think that a lot of people will say like the um, the newer seasons of the Simpsons are nothing compared to the older ones. And I don't disagree with that. But I think one thing that's pretty consistent is that the adult themes that are in The Simpsons that maybe went over our heads as kids, we can enjoy as adults. So I imagine our parents could sit down and watch The Simpsons and take... Oh, but because there was a lot of news and politics and famous people. Yeah. Uh, Because if you look The Simpsons on the early stages, most of the famous people that is there, you are like... Who are these people? But yeah, because but our parents would be like know immediately who those people exactly, are. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that was kind of like the Simpsons. But as you said, they 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 were some adult themes that we as kids used to laugh. But nowadays you can think that it's a little bit rough. Yeah, like one of the most famous kind of bits that they did. They don't really do it anymore for good reason. Is there was child abuse? Homer would strangle Bart in almost every episode. Almost every episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the the worries that a lot of families have. You know, you have the financial pressure that we always see. Usually Marge is a a good representation of that. She's the one that worries about it. But at the beginning, the Simpsons were broke. Yeah. It was a lot of financial stuff. It was supposed to be your average, like, blue-collar worker and his family. That was supposed to be what the Simpsons Mm -hmm. was. And then you have, like, obviously another big theme that is still carried to this day is alcoholism. Oh, well, yeah. Alcoholism, addiction... And for you, because I know that this is this touches you very close, for you it was also, or it was, no, it's something that you have realized now that when we are growing up... <laughs> I know what you're going to like, say. Yeah, it's kind of like, we're going to say abuse against the Irish. Yeah, like, I don't think I really realized it when I was a child, but, like, over the last, like, one or two years, especially during COVID, we went back and started watching The Simpsons from the beginning. And Matt Browning, if you're ever listening... What did the Irish do to you? Because, oh my God, you hate us. Yeah, there's a grudge there. <laughs> there is such a grudge there. I don't think, I think it's also because we are watching so much of it back to back that it just seemed like at least once a season, if not more, there were so many digs at the Irish. Yeah. So did we hurt you, Macroning? Please tell us what we did. It was something called drunk or violent or drug <laughs> violent yeah like i know that we're a stereotype and most series will like have an episode where we they have a dig at us i can take a joke i thought it was funny at first but matt yeah. come on like there's something there <laughs> so of course we all agree that the Simpsons are not for children but there's something that the children can watch and they don't get traumatized 100 percent 
Though I do wonder how many like siblings maybe thought it was okay to strangle each other. Oh well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then going forward a little bit, so we are going to increase a little bit the PG, the the age. Yeah. So going forward from the Simpsons that we were talking about, they were kind of like our gateway. Yeah, our gateway into more adulty uh-huh. kind of. Animation. So we are set, we have said at the beginning because it's the kind of like our uh, the name of this episode the, that animation is not only for kids. Mm-hmm. So going there, which are animations that we really consider definitely for adults, or at least for you, which one is the one that you recall one hundred percent? Oh, this was my first animation. The first time I saw a cartoon or a manga, well, an anime or a movie or whatever that, no, this is not for kids. And what makes, when you ask me that question, I'm kind of thinking, okay, what did my mom not want me to watch? Yeah, what your mom, <laughs> your mom or your grandma or whatever, yeah. they, they will sit with you. They will think at the beginning, oh, these are an innocent cartoons. You know, I'm going to yeah. sit and see what my daughter is watching or my granddaughter is watching. But then you could see their faces turn into horror. Like, what is my daughter watching? (laughs) Yeah, so the one that comes to mind for me when I was growing up was South Park. My mom really didn't want me watching that. Mm. But then there was another show I think that maybe you won't know it because I don't think it was that popular in mainland Europe. Mm. Um, It was a show called Drawn Together. No, I don't. It was, was, I think it was on Sky One, like past 11 p.m. So you know it's not for kids. Uh Uh-huh. And it was like, uh, you know, the show Big Brother, where like a little run people are in a house yeah, and they're yeah. watching it. So it was that kind of style, but with animated characters that were kind of based on your classic animated trope. So like you had a Disney princess kind of character. Mm-hmm. You had actually speaking of Betty Boop, there was a character called Lulu that was very obviously based on Betty oh, okay. Boop. So it was very similar. Yeah. And then you kind of had like your superhero character and all that. And it was... Basically, all these people living in a house um, as part of a reality show. Um, that was the format of it. But it had very adult themes. Very sex heavy. Oh, okay. Uh, and like very weird as well. <laughs> like I remember, uh, I think the princess's name was Princess Clara. Mm-hmm. She looked like your very typical Disney princess. But one of the things you learn, and I think it's like season two, is that she actually has like a huge tentacle vagina. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. And like, oh, it, like they talked about orgies and all this kind of stuff. Ooh. Like, definitely not PG. <laughs> okay, definitely not PG. Yeah. And then South Park was the other one. But I think it, I, a lot of kids were told not to watch South Park. Yeah, with South Park, well, South Park would be kind of like my, my choosing here. Like, I don't, like, I'm sure that I have watched uh, others. But South Park is one of my freshest memories. Mm. Uh, so, South Park. Uh, when it came to Spain, it came and they are starting uh, doing the episodes at 2 a.m. So... Oh, wow, that's really late. Yeah, so you can imagine. For sure, this thing is not for kids. Yeah. But we were drawn to it, you know, because at the end, there were kind of like... It's not only about Revel, uh, you know, it's not about, oh, I'm Revel, I want to watch this. No, I was a teenager, so it was kind of like the insults and the jokes and yeah. whatever... It was funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I never went into, like, when I have rewatched South Park, you and I rewatched it, I never realized how deeply political it is. It's very satirical. And that's the yeah. one, that's the thing that always drew me to South Park. Because I, I don't know about you, but I went through that, like, 
angry emo teenager mm-hmm. stage where the world sucked and stuff. Yeah. And South Park deals a lot with uh, current events and what's not right with the world and makes fun of it. And I loved that. And that's great. But for us, no, for me, it was kind of like, I know it, it, it wasn't for kids. It was for adults. And, yeah. They uh, swore in it. Oh, my God. Yeah, the swearing and all that <laughs> stuff. So we probably either stayed late watching it or we recorded yeah. Like we record it and then watch it and then when we went back to the to high school it was kind of like oh my god did, did you, you see, see that episode? did you see Carmen doing that <laughs> and I remember being a big deal when the movie came out. Oh yeah. And even we went to the cinema and all that stuff. Yeah. But that's my first contact with adult animation. Yeah. When you were recording it did you have to like make sure your mom didn't see that you had recorded it? Uh, we yeah because in that moment well it was VHS so what yeah. we used to do is program the VHS to activate at the time of South Park and to deactivate yeah. after it you know you know what's crazy what we probably have listeners that don't know what a VHS tape is probably probably <laughs> probably probably we're old okay <laughs> yeah we are old but but yeah it it was that I think that in in that sense yeah my introduction to kind of old animation old old no sorry adult animation. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like South Park, I would say. Yeah. And to be honest, when we were growing up, that was kind of it for adult animation. You had to or watch that or watch very weird and maybe gory gory animes. Mm. Like you could watch and because you didn't have series or I don't recall having series. Maybe if you are listening to us and you are like, oh, no, for sure you had some series in the past that they were completely adult. Apart from probably Family Guy or American Dad. No, more adult like South Park. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I remember more kind of like movies, like for example, Akira or mm. things like that. That, that. Those are animation movies for adults, but I don't remember series, you know, no, to watch. And I think that's kind of why a lot of people in our age group kind of was drawn towards anime. Because Japan was way ahead of us in an animation for adults. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, even though um, Japan has the same issue that we do here, a lot of adults think like animation and anime is for kids. But they had really taken over manga and anime, and it had loads of adult themes. You had like horror ones. Uh-huh. I, you had ones that really dealt with issues of morality. Like we've mentioned Death Note before. Mm-hmm. Like that's not for kids. No, of course not. Yeah, no, and, well, you have what they call, because uh, the Dragon Ball and all that stuff, they are called shonen. You mm. you have those called seinen, that, yeah. like Berserk or Vinland Saga or something yeah. like that, that it was kind of, like, more uh, deep and dark. And I think that, that that's kind of why uh, our generation got into anime, because there was that piece missing for mm-hmm. us. Like, we, we were brought up, we were the generation that was brought up with animation, but when we hit a certain age there was very few options for western animation for adults Uh so we have gone a little bit through the story of animation we have gone a little bit through our own story our own experiences how uh, we have been you know dealing with animation in our lives so for yourself if we are talking about current Mm -hmm. animation current series or movies animated that you could think about that you could say or tell someone okay if you think that all animation is for kids i'm just gonna show you this (laughs) that disproves all your beliefs 
Which one would you say? Oh, it's got to be BoJack Horseman. BoJack Horseman. That a lot of people already will think it's for kids because the main character is a horse. Yeah, like when... An anthropomorphic horse. Yeah, yeah. like if you see it, like I remember when I first saw it on Netflix and I saw the the horse BoJack, the the main character, I was like, okay, it's not going to be like adulty. It looked quite childish. And then Uh it was like months after it came out and I was, I think I was sick in bed and I watched an episode and I was like, Oh my god, that was so not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. For people that don't know, um, we won't spoil it because we want you to go watch it. Mm-hmm. This episode is free of spoilers. Yeah, Bojack Horseman is a wonderful animated series. I think it has six seasons altogether, but it really focuses on peop- uh, the main character and others around them uh, dealing with hardcore depression. Uh huh. Very big depression. Very big, like definitely clinical depression mm-hmm. and uh at huge addiction issues exactly like it this is 100 do not let your children watch this no even if it has a, a, a beautiful horse in there <laughs> trust me it is not my little pony <laughs> yeah it's not it's not yeah boja horseman yeah. is a really good example but it's really nice to see like like i said at the beginning when you turn to when we turned to adults anime was the way we had to go but mm-hmm. i think the western world has kind of seen that gap in the market and we're seeing an animated series and movies that are absolutely 100% made for adults yeah. whereas in the past we had animation kind of geared towards children with parts adults can enjoy like a Shrek yeah yeah like Shrek you can absolutely watch, let your kids watch Shrek but there are bits in the movie that will go over their heads and it's mm-hmm. for the adults to exactly at. exactly whereas now we have shows like bojack horseman and archer that you know creators have made for adults mm-hmm. for me if i have to pick one to be honest i would have to pick one of the more, more mainstreams nowadays uh, but i know that a lot of kids have seen probably because of uh, their confused parents <laughs> and i'm talking about rick and morty oh i love rick and uh i love rick and morty i love uh that it's an animated series because, seriously, you wouldn't be able to do that if it was live action. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about animation. Like, creativity can be... It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Storytelling is a wonderful thing. But the world creation that you can achieve with animation over live action is huge. Like, if you think of all the planet jumps and stuff that Rick and Morty And the monsters do. and the whatever. Yeah, like, you you would have to spend so much money trying to achieve that in live action. And with the technology we have now, I don't think it would look very good. No, the CGI, unless you spend real money like uh, James Cameron in Avatar, <laughs> like... And yeah, but doing that every episode? Uh, exactly, like you... exactly. You wouldn't be able to. And to be honest with you, Rick and Morty... It, it talks about everything. Again, I'm not going to make spoilers. If you still haven't seen Rick and Morty, you don't know what you are missing, really. It's a very bizarre series about this grandpa and his grandson uh, that they go... Space adventure. It's kind of like Doctor Who on yeah. LSD. Yeah, pretty much. It, yeah. yeah. It, it has swearing. It has sex references. It has a lot of violence, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, alcoholism. A lo- alcoholism. It has a lot of everything, but also among all 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 that barbarity, mm-hmm. it has some deep deep themes and deep moments that yeah. I wouldn't change. That's that's one of the things that sometimes people think because people think 
because that, that that's another kind of like common thought. Mm-hmm. The animation is for kids or all the animation that is not for kids, it's full of violence, nonsense yeah. violence. No. It is true that there's a lot of adult animation that has a lot of violence, mm-hmm. but usually behind all that violence, there is something. Mm-hmm. There's gold there. And sometimes that violence itself is gold, but it's like if you would say that The Boys, because it's a superhero series and it has a lot of violence, it doesn't have any thinking to yeah, that. Yeah, it has lots of substance. Exactly. And so does Rick and Morty. Like, I think one of the really interesting things about Rick and Morty is they show a lot of the different parts of family dynamics. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to spoil yeah. too much. That's why I just say family dynamics. But like, not just between... Rick, Rick and, and Morty. Morty, but like between um, Beth and Jerry and Summer and the whole family and and just ev- everyone. Like th- there's even an episode where like family therapy is mentioned and seen. But yeah, it's it's a really good show. I highly recommend it. And I think that you're making a really good point there. I think there there's a misconception that animation, animated series or movies is just very one dimensional. And maybe that was true when it was being more aimed at kids. But definitely in the last 10 years, we've gotten a lot of shows, a lot of movies that are animated and very complex. But even when they are just animated at kids, mm-hmm. like, for example, people would say, oh, I, I, I'm not talking about adults now. Just I'm just making a small uh, parenthesis. Mm-hmm. When you talk, for example, about Toy Story, yeah. one, two, three. Toy Story, one, two, three, I wouldn't say... Oh, every kid can see it. There's no adult big thing. Sometimes you can have the odd joke, but mm. mostly nothing. But it still has some deep stuff, meaningful stuff that even adults were crying with Toy Story 3. Yeah. Which I mean that thinking that all the animation is plain and for kids is just completely wrong. Yeah. It's just like thinking that all the hip hop are made for from gangsters or all mm. the heavy metal is made just for people shouting yeah. or you know the same happens with animation mm-hmm. yeah you were saying that nowadays we have very deep animation and uh, with complex stories uh-huh so which one for example i mean we've got to talk about arcane or well yeah arcane arcane it's just wonderful yeah, like anyone who's out there thinking, oh, Arcane looks good, but I've never played League of Legends. It doesn't matter. Watch it. You'll follow it. It's fine. And even if you uh, have lost friends, boyfriends, girlfriends in the hands of League of Legends, everyone has had that friend yeah. that went into League of Legends and never came back. RIP relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and even if you may hate League of Legends, Arcane is another story. Of course, it's based in the world of League of Legends. Of course, it has characters of League of Legends. Of course, it has Easter eggs that mm. they are made for people that has watched League of Legends. But Arcane is simply wonderful and beautiful. Yeah, you absolutely can enjoy it without even hearing of the game. Exactly. And I think that it's uh, it's very... Like, if you want to go to animation, it's like a good... Wait, gateway. I think it's it's a good way to introduce yourself into the world of animation. Yeah, because even the artistic style of it is quite adult. It's not the kind of SpongeBob SquarePants, for example, type animation. It's very adult. It's kind of almost a bit like a drawing. Yeah, it's like if you have taken people and you just have 
drawn them, but in a very realistic way and add a little bit of CGI, yeah. and that's what it is. Yeah, it doesn't isn't, and it's not got that very typical thing that animation can have sometimes with the really bright colors because that's again back to its roots in child mm-hmm. being aimed at children. But no, this is it has color of course, but it, it's more subtle and it has a lot of adult themes that definitely I wouldn't be letting any kids watch our no, no 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 to mention a little bit again no spoilers but just for you to know what you may find it has some mental health struggles it has abandonment it has uh war war it has poverty and it has people of a rich side and people from a uh, poor side, everyone with their own struggles. Yeah, the politics. That politics. Come with that. Yeah, it, it has deep politics also. I don't know. It, it's it's very interesting. Everything that you can extract, and I think it's a very deep series that if you want to start to watch and you want to start to watch some animation, I think it's really a good fit. Yeah, if you if you don't want to like go straight into the more cartoony style and kind of ease your way into animation, Mm -hmm. this is a really good one to start. Yeah, exactly. I completely uh, agree. Like, uh, Arcane is a good pick. Yeah. You know, Arcane is really, really uh, one of those series. And good thing is that if you haven't haven't seen Arcane, really, we recommend you to watch it because when the season two gets released, then when everyone talks about Arcane season two, you will be able to talk about it. Yeah. Ah, another thing doesn't have to do anything with animation, but it has a really, really good background music. Oh, the soundtrack is wonderful. The soundtrack is wonderful. So I'm still constantly listening to it. Yeah. And it's how long has it been out now? <laughs> I don't know. Just listen to it because you have people like Sting and Imagine Dragon singing there. It's yeah, really good you, music. You see adults. I mean, technically we're adults, but even more adults. <laughs> you see even Sting is in it. <laughs> yeah. If Sting is in it, it has to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. Uh, any of the police fans out there. Uh, exactly. Um, so is there any other like kind of ad- adulty animation that you've been you've enjoyed? Um yeah, I think that I have watched only myself. I think that you weren't watching it with me, but there's this series that I really enjoyed. Uh that it's called Invincible. Mm-hmm. So Invincible, it comes from a from a comic. And the colors are also quite kind of like bright. This is not like mm. well, like arcane. The colors are more bright. But someone would thought an animated movie about superheroes. Uh, sorry, movie uh, series about superheroes. This has to be for children because, of course, we are used to yeah. remember the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and like the Batman cartoon, Ninja Turtles, and, and X-Men. X-Men, uh, of course. So everyone would thought, oh. Superheroes, animation, Invincible is not for me. It's just another yeah. thing. Uh, no, but it's kind of like The Boys, really. Yeah. You, it's like The Boys, but in cartoon. If you have watched The Boys and you like The Boys and you like superheroes, I truly recommend you Invincible. Again, it's, it's the same as The Boys. So uh, a lot of violence, characters with that they have their powers, but with a lot of struggles and... Yeah, very deep politics and conspiracies around. Really good. And I think that we are expecting another season. So, again, if you want to keep watching a series that still hasn't released the season two, but maybe some people are going to talk about that in the future, getting involved in Invincible is a, is a good one. 
I'm gonna have to watch that. That sounds good. You know, I love the boys. Yeah, but I'm sure that you will like this one. So that's kind of like we have gone through a round of a lot of series, a lot of Western media. Mm -hmm. What do you think a lot of um, Japanese thing? Like, I know that there's a lot of Japanese for adults. Yeah, no, there absolutely is. And like I said earlier, that's kind of where you had to go for your adult animation when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. But if you would have to pick one that is kind of like misconception. As in a, an anime that people will think is for kids. But, but it's not. Oh, One Piece. Oh, One Piece. I was very guilty of that. I only started watching One Piece this year. Be and one of the reasons that I didn't watch One Piece is because it looked very childish. And because it has 3 million, 2,000 episodes. That's true. I kind of was like, I'll never, ever get to the end of this. Yeah, just for you to know, people, it has around 1,037 episodes right now. Something like that. Yeah. So they are a lot of episodes. The good thing is, like, if you like the series, you have a lot to see. <laughs> a lot to watch. That's true. If you're if you're one of those people that get depressed when your series ends, it'll be a long time before that depression yeah. comes for you. But yeah, a lot of people told me how great One Piece was, but then you see the character of Luffy, who's usually plastered as the advertisement mm -hmm. because he's the main character, and I was like, mm, that looks a little too kiddie for me, I don't want to watch it, but oh my god, it's wonderful. And it has a lot of adult themes. Oh, definitely, I wouldn't let my kids watch it. Yeah, um, One Piece, to be honest with you, is one of the things that always struck with me, that of course you have kind of like that childish fighting, and it has kind of like childish humor sometimes but at the same time it has a lot but when i say a lot is a lot of deep and adult themes yeah i mean look at the whole arc on fishman island like that was a whole arc about racism yeah you have a lot of racism you have a lot of slavery yeah uh you have uh child abuse mm -hmm. child abandonment um, in fairness, a, a lot of like fairy tale stuff has child abandonment. Well, even Naruto has kind of like child abuse or it has kind of like wiping down a whole whatever because they don't think like you or because these ninjas want this or, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sometimes, you know, you, we just judge the how it looks. The book by its cover. Yeah. In this case, one of the ones that I really thought about going back to Western media. We jump a little bit. You know how is animation? Sometimes it's in the Western, sometimes it's in, in, in Japan. Yeah. And we haven't talked about it when we were preparing, but I think that it's uh, kind yeah. of like you will think about it the same. We're going uh, off script, people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Troll Hunters. Oh, I love Troll Hunters. Uh, Troll Hunters, probably you haven't watched it because the first thing that you see when you look Troll Hunters is... This is for kids. It, it really looks like it's for kids. And kids could enjoy it. To be no, honest. kids could enjoy yeah. it. Uh, but also has very dark moments yeah. and dark themes and really enjoyable. And well, it is from Guillermo del Toro that I think, uh, if you don't know who Guillermo del Toro is, is the one of uh, the director of Pond's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Another great film. Yeah, another great film. But really, really good series that maybe you think oh this definitely is for kids mm. but it is more childish definitely than some of the other things we've mentioned yeah but there's still something that i think I that really an adult guy enjoy yeah no i we've we've watched the the first two seasons no we watched the whole seasons of throw hunters but now we have to watch the other two series oh, yeah. that are in yeah, the same right. world but I, I i really enjoyed it yeah king of uh stuff for kids that have scary moments though you just mm -hmm. made me think of something what did you think of the film Anastasia when oh, it came out? Oh, please. Um, 
The thing is, like, we were checking the other day this film uh, called The Secrets of Nim. Oh, yeah. And uh, that it's made by uh, Don Brewer, I think is the name. And this guy, he made really dark stuff for children, like animated movies. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that Anastasia is not for children. Anastasia, I think that it could be considered for, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, but it has some dark moments, like the uh, Romanov and... Well, all, all the thing that has to go with uh, Rasputin. Yeah, Rasputin is scary. The re the reason that I um that I brought it up is I remember having it on video when I was a kid, and we lent it to one of our friends, and he was m more of a sensitive kid, I'll admit, but he was terrified. He mm -hmm. couldn't finish it. Exactly. And I think we were only like maybe nine. Nine. Yeah, but 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 it was because that moment with Rasputin that he dismembers himself, he is dancing with the bugs and all that stuff. It's just yeah. I could understand why a kid gets it as scary. Uh, because, well, the kid that was used to Disney movies, the most scary part, which is also traumatizing, but the most scary part was the uh, Dumbo when he becomes drunk. Oh, Pink Elephants Pink on Parade. That creeped me out when I was a kid. But, but that was kind of like the most scary thing because, of course, the... Well, Bambi, everyone knows, and, and it's traumatizing and all that stuff, but it's off-screen. It's not something that you see on screen. Yeah. And, and, and I think that Rasputin could be quite traumatizing. Yeah, and I think a lot of kids were scared by, you know, the kind of little green winged things that came oh, out. Oh, the, like they were like green spirits. Like, yeah, like those were pretty creepy as well. Oh, those, definitely those were creepy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this, this man... He is the yeah the creator of traumas of a lot of kids. Uh, yeah, a lot of his films that um, you probably know more than you think. Um, people have watched, and yeah. if you think, tell me about a film that scarred you as a child. Probably one of his ones. And <laughs> and it's not from Disney. Probably is one of his ones. So he just for you to know, he made uh, the Secrets of Nim that we were saying. He made an American Tale uh, that, by the way, I loved, and it has also some scary moments. He also did uh, Land Before Time. Oh, yeah. uh, Littlefoot. Yeah, Land Before Time with uh, Littlefoot. Uh, for the Spanish ones, Land Before Time, the the name doesn't translate. So maybe you know it for uh, En Busca del Valle Encantado, which is also traumatizing because, well, there's one of the first times that kids have to face the death of a character. Yeah. Not that it's a big spoiler because it happens kind of like at the beginning of the movie. Uh, but it also has very dark moments. And to be honest with you, good thing that mm, dinosaurs don't exist in real life, but that T-Rex... Oh my god, that T-Rex got me more <laughs> traumatized than the one in Jurassic Park. Did you have dreams of it chasing you? I, I had dreams of... Uh, with uh, Yeah, that, that T-Rex, oh my god, that was scary, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that looked more ferocious and yeah. scary than... I actually used to have really uh, bad dreams for a while. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons? Um, I'm not going to even say spoiler because it's a very old episode of The Simpsons. But when uh, Mr. Burns... But is House of Horror? Uh, no, I don't think... Maybe... No, I don't think it is. It's um, when Mr. Burns is giving loads of treatments. Ah, no, it's not Treehouse of no. Horror. It's and the he, one like, that glows he, and... he becomes an, an alien. Yeah, kind. like that alien. Oh, I had nightmares about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th but those are weird traumas. Um, yeah, if some animation that it was for kids or not so for kids has traumatized you, and please don't say the Bambi's one because it's kind of like for everyone. Yeah. 
But if some of them have traumatized you, we would like to hear them in uh, at Nerding Deep, right? Tell us about your trauma. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you are the... <laughs> I am not. That is not my job to fix them. But no. we're, we're we're really we would really be interested to hear some moments from maybe your the childhood animation you watch, where it, mm -hmm. like maybe not really for kids, maybe more adult. Yeah, exactly. Then one that it was also kind of like adult, but maybe a little bit less scary than Anastasia and all that stuff. It was the Princess Swan. Oh yeah. Oh, what's it called? Um, the Swan Princess. The Swan Princess. Yeah. Princess Swan, Swan Princess. With uh, Odette. Odette. Yeah. 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 Uh, that had also some dark moments. Yeah, no, it, it was, there was, yeah, because the, the beginning as well, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, don't spoil. Yeah, no, I won't spoil. Never mind. But yeah, it has some, it has some dark moments as well. And I think it's like a lot of animated movies and most kind of fairy tale-ish series, like, or even like you look at Harry Potter and stuff. No one seems to have parents. Mm -hmm. No one has no parents. No one has parents. They die. They die. Poor parents. They died of if they are alive, they are going to die. Yeah, there, there could be totally be an animated show where it's all about all of these dead parents. We could make a <laughs> nerding in the deep of all the parents that or are absent or have died or are going to die in... <laughs> in future animation movies. Also, if you ever see an animation movie and the two parents are alive, probably one of them is going to die. Yeah, that's true. And probably in the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, see? So really, even the more childish... Even, um, well, look, Tarzan. Yeah. yeah. Or, or Elsa and Anna. Yeah. It's still uh, going. It's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, still, it's still going. Apart from, well, what we were talking about, movies and being for you know not only for kids and um, not movie series and animation now, there was something that we were talking this afternoon that i i think that it's also very important we have been mostly because that's real the reason that's one of the big reasons we have been talking mostly about adult themes and about uh you know a lot of violence or trauma or sex in some mm. moments or drugs or addictions or depression but there was something that we were talking also a lot of people just think that animation is simple oh God, that, yeah. that animation is just that just a drawing yeah uh while some of us we will consider more like an an art very different art that, for example, you are going to say a Van Gogh or a Picasso or... But still uh, just as important, in uh, my, uh, exactly. my opinion. But also, with it has a lot of deep stuff, yeah. very beautiful stuff that you shouldn't miss. There are things that are wonderful that you cannot see in real life. Yeah. I think there is a really bad misconception out there mm -hmm. that animation is a genre. It is... I mean, it, it is to an extent. You can argue it if you want, but it's not a genre. It's a medium. Mm -hmm. It's a means of creating. It's a means of storytelling. And that's what I think the world has finally started to catch up with. It's not just, okay, animation, you think of Disney movies, you think of children. It's so, so much more than that. It can be such a good way of storytelling, especially, like I said earlier, when your story needs something that you just cannot achieve with live action. Mm -hmm. uh, you know... Which is the example that always comes to my head with that. What's that? Well, you know which my favorite movie on Disney is. No. 
Lion King. We are, we are going to get King. married, but she doesn't know. Okay. No, it's Lion King. Lion King, yeah. So that's what happens. A lot of people uh, that knows me knows that Lion King is, well, my favorite Disney movie and probably one of my top five movies of all time. A lot of people, when the real life, the live action movie of, of uh, The Lion King uh, came out, they were asking me, you know, oh, what the, what did you think? Because they know, they know. What do you yeah. think about The Lion King? There and was I, a lot of hype around uh -huh, it as well. And I didn't like it. I didn't either. I didn't like it at all. I'm sorry, Beyonce fans. <laughs> and some people was like, oh, you didn't like it. That's weird. Why? Because it's like the lions are very beautiful. It's very well done. And it's what you were saying that there are some times that real life or live act action cannot get what you can get in an in animation. I completely uh, agree. Like, for example, when you have a scar in the drawing, in the in the original Lion yeah. King, with portrayed wonderfully by Jeremy Irons, you can see the irony on his words, but not only on his words, on his face. Yeah. Well, you know he's up to something. The gestures. Yeah. When you see Simba, you can see when Simba is worried, when Simba is happy, when Simba is scared, sad, mm -hmm. you can see that. When you see Mufasa, you can see when he is angry at Simba or when he's, uh, uh, you know, when he's trying to give him a lesson mm. or... Or even something simple, like in one of the first scenes in the movie where he's like sleepy. Yeah, exactly. You, you look at a lion and tell me how you know it's sleepy. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what happens with the live action. Yeah. You cannot get that if it's not through animation. Mm. If you put that in real life, I'm sorry for the lions, but you cannot get a lion being uh, with an ironic face or happy or sad. Like yeah. well, You can get sure, it with gestures. Yeah. I'm sure other lions know when other lions are annoyed or sad or sleepy, but for us, especially when you see how they tried to do it in the live action film, it just doesn't translate to it us. It doesn't translate the same as it doesn't translate Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Aladdin... Both, like, I prefer the original Aladdin one. I didn't feel that the live action was super bad. I, I thought it was okay. I, I thought that it was okay, but it doesn't translate neither. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, when you have one of the things that I like most in the Aladdin movie, in the, I mean, the original one, you have the animation really great when the, when the, genius, uh, when the genie is singing, mm -hmm. both in the cave and when uh, Ali is entering into Agrabah. Yeah. Uh, but when you translate that into live action, there's a lot of color missing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of weird dances missing or magic spells or whatever, just because it doesn't translate as well. No. For me, it's missing something. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were talking a little bit also with, for example, with Rick and Morty. You cannot translate that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of writers out there that are seeing animation as a better medium uh, for their stories and I think it's a real shame that award ceremonies like the Oscars for example aren't recognizing how deep and wonderful the storytelling is in animation these days I think there's still that feeling of animation is just Disney movies oh well and when they get introduced in the Oscars for example they always get introduced with the same words Oh, we all remember when we were kids. Oh, we feel great nostalgia when we think of when we were kids and animation movies. It's always connecting animation, kids. Yeah. Animation, kids. And nine and times out of ten, it's a Disney movie that wins. Yeah, but, but what I mean is that, for example, one of the good things, for example, we were talking about Arcane, is that 
how much Arkane has done for animation because it has become such a movement that they have got so many recognition around the world that a lot of people have seen, hey, this animation, this is cool. That's why I was saying that as an entry level, yeah. Arcane is so good because it brings you that. Mm -hmm. I really think that's great. And it's great for animation. I love animation. Mm -hmm. And we were saying that, or for example, uh, another thing that we were saying, and I think this is going to be my last point, the kind of like defending animation in some moments. I'm not saying that animation, of course, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying animation is always better than real life. No, there are things that translate better in animation and there are things that translate better in of real course. life. But for example, there's something that always calls my attention and it's food. <laughs> uh, Anime watchers will, will agree with this. I think. Yeah, food, if you compare, there are two places, food. One Piece, uh, if you haven't watched One Piece, it's okay, but there's a character that is called Sanji. He is the cook, and every time that he cooks, and you see the f the food he makes, like how it's drawn, how is the colors, everything. It just like it looks wonderful, and it's very. I think that is very difficult to translate those colors into a live action, for example. Yeah, I mean, you even see it. With... It's just that beautiful. Yeah, like you see it with uh, food photography, all the t the tricks they have to use to make art, like Burger King burgers look good and yeah. stuff, you know? But with animation, you don't have to worry about that. And nine times out of ten, your stomach will start rumbling whenever you mm -hmm. see like a good uh, animated piece of food. Exactly. And the other one was, um, so I think in Netflix is translated as Food Wars, uh, but the original Japanese game, and uh, game, no, name is uh, Sokugeki no Soma, mm -hmm. and it's a show about cooking. It has some kind of like sexualized scenes and all that stuff, that very Japanese weird thing, but, um, you know, kind of like in anime that sometimes you're like, yeah. oh, why are they sexualizing this stuff? But what I want to say is that every time that you see the food there, it's like, I cannot watch this series and not eat because I'm hungry all the time. And Don't all... watch it if you're on a diet. Exactly. And all the food just looks beautiful. <laughs> it's not that it just looks appetizing. No, no. Looks beautiful. That is like, how? How they have done that? Some, it's a kind of like a good example of sometimes how people say, oh, but reality is always better. No, with this, reality is not better. No, no. <laughs> but sometimes we enjoy food programs and all that stuff and we can go and watch a food program and see a dish and say, oh, that looks great. But there's a way of painting and all that stuff mm -hmm. that it just translates. Yeah, J Japan, the Japanese have just this way of making food look good. If you, for those of you that have been to Japan, you even can walk into a shop and they have like, it's not real, it's fake food, but they make it look real and they make it look beautiful. And they just, they know how to make food look good. Exactly. Now we have to go for dinner, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope that we've opened up some of our listeners that might believe that um, animation is just for kids to maybe exactly. consider watching some of the adult-themed animated series mm -hmm. and movies that are out there now, because I really do believe that this day, day and age, we have something for everyone. Exactly, we have something for everyone. And also... If you are big into animation, but maybe you 
weren't you you didn't decide to watch one thing or another you weren't sure if watching for example things like one piece or another we hope that we have discovered some new series for you yeah and if there's any kind of more adult themed series that you think we should watch that we haven't mentioned we'd love to hear it we're always looking for new shows to watch so oh, yeah. make sure you uh leave a message for us at our twitter at nerding deep we'd Love to hear your recommendations. I would love to hear that. And if it's about food, good. <laughs> but if now, it, now you're just your whole mind is on food. Now. Yeah, but but if it's not just if it's a deep, I suppose we'll look at it if it's not food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I I really I think our generation has been blessed in a way to have been brought up watching animated mm -hmm. series and movies. We are able to appreciate it more than maybe people who didn't. So I, I really hope that our older listeners that maybe don't watch animated stuff will give it a shot. Because it, it, you really would be surprised on what you'll enjoy in, in an animated series. Well, I think that's everything that we wanted to talk about today. I hope our argument for uh, adults watching animated series has, has come across. Yeah. I don't think we can say much more about it. No. And we're hungry now. Yeah, so <laughs> we are going to leave you and of course, well, uh, we see you in two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you for the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.